Hi, I'm Lynn Green. Welcome to my YouTube channel. I want to talk to you a little bit today, just to start, on politics. Uh, again, I want to say, uh, when you visit this, uh, this channel and you hear me say things that you wonder about or you disagree with or you'd like to ask further questions, I really welcome that. So do, uh, do comment, get back to me, and, and I'll, I'll keep the dialogue going. Uh, politics. Uh, we've, we've lived in a long period of time in the Western world of relative stability, often with tension, you know, Cold War tension and all that, and skirmishes often really horrific for the places where they're taking place, but they've not taken place amongst us by and large. So I've lived in a time of great stability. Um, that would go for anybody who's lived in, in, in these last 50, 60 years. But I think our system is a lot more fragile than it looks, primarily because good government is built on shared virtues. And, and when people generally agree that, for example, the individual is very important and everybody's valuable, even if they are not the most capable, if they have, say, some sort of, of handicap or, or impairment, when, when you have virtues that everybody is valuable and everybody's opinion is worth, that is the one matters, then, then democracy can probably work. If you have a, an environment where, where only your group identity uh, is important or um, only people with power are of significance and importance, then you, you, don't have, you can't have democracy, uh, you don't have stability. So I think our systems right now are quite vulnerable uh, because we don't have so much shared virtue. Uh, we don't have so many shared values as society and the West did have um, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. I think things begin to change quite rapidly in the late, late 60s. So it's been a long time. And now I, I think we're, we're very fragile indeed. And one of the things we have to look for is this. The kind of politics that discounts the individual and their opinions and rather tries to group people by uh, different kinds of group identity, by gender, by race, by intelligence, uh, by income, uh, by social status, especially when, when those different groups are recognized as identities and then they are divided into oppressors and the oppressed. Because then in the name of compassion and kindness, um, it seems very reasonable for us to get on the side of the oppressed and to empower them. Well, how do you do that? Well, you empower them by turning their anger and sense of injustice against their oppressors. So really, that idea of group identity and group identity politics very often leads to um, conflict between different groups. And I, I think, for example, about the number of, of, of people now who think that, that uh, white males tend to be, uh, or they are guilty of racism, or, or that they are guilty of misogyny uh, and oppressing women. Well, actually, I'm, I'm a white male, you may have noticed, uh, and I'm the worst kind. I'm an older white male, and you know, I, I have some position of influence. Um, am I a racist? No, I've lived with multiracial communities with very good friends of different colors of skin and background and mother tongues for 
50 years. My fellow leaders are often people of completely different racial backgrounds. Um, am I an oppressor of women? No, we've promoted women into leadership for decades. And you know, I think my wife doesn't feel oppressed. Um, she, she's valued for her opinion as an individual. I think at, at the moment, as we're thinking about politics and, and government, who do we want in government and so on, we should be really cautious any time we run across those who are trying to divide us into groups, giving us group identity, and then setting one group against another by stereotyping them and making some guilty and others victims. That, down that road lies chaos. And what lies the other side of chaos? Tyranny. The people who are fomenting the anger are interested in taking charge.